We made it to episode 20 of the Homestead Shop Talk podcast with Ben from Holler Homestead, Al from Lumna Anchors, and myself, Jason, from So The Land. And if, if this is your first time listening or watching, uh, this is just three uh, guys just getting together and uh, basically talking on the phone, and we're just recording it. And, and we usually talk about our week in the beginning of it, and then we have a specific topic. But this time, I think this is our first time that we're not going to have a topic, and we're just going to kind of go ahead and just hang out and and see what happens. Um, but I think I think Ben, you talked about this, or Al, that you said there's only like, uh, as far as podcasts goes, like, is it one percent reach it to what two podcasts one, or something? One percent. Oh, you're in the top 1% of podcasts if you make it over 21 episodes. So we got to do one more after this one. And we'll be in the top <laughs> 1% of podcasts. That's so wild. I know, right? So next episode, last episode, guys, we made it. <laughs> That's it. We're done. We made it. <laughs> yeah. I, saw, I saw that and I was like, wow, it must be a lot of people start podcasts and then they don't keep going with them. But 20 seems not a whole lot, like, nope. you know, compared to, well, compared to our, all of our YouTube channels, we got like a thousand videos. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about our week. Anyone do anything exciting? Just sit back and try to remember my week. I know we're in a severe drought over here, so. Yeah. Because you built all those rain barrels. I know. Yeah. Oh, you know what? <laughs> I, I jinxed it. It hasn't rained since you finished that rain wave, fault. has it? <laughs> I need to build a couple of rain roofs so it'll stop raining up here. <laughs> yep, it's my fault. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I bought a plow for my tractor, and I'm hoping we don't get any snow this winter. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah right. That <laughs> happens. That would happen. Right. But I'm okay if it does happen. If I don't have to use that this winter, then it'll be okay. But if we get the snow, we'll be out in the tractor. And you haven't got snow yet, Al. Right. No, we haven't got snow yet. I think we've had three frosts, and our first frost was like 20 or 24 degrees. And we had like a quarter inch of ice on our water barrel. So I was like, man, talk about going like right into it, not just easing our way. But then I think like so, the next day it was 50. So we've actually had like pretty much the same weather here. I think it's frosted what, like four times, five times? We, we've had like a solid work week of like freezing temperatures enough to like completely annihilate everything that was left in the garden. And then it's going to be in the eighties this week. So it's just like, come on, what the heck? I was yeah. seeing comments, people all the way down to like Alabama were getting frost last week. So I don't know what that'll do with for crops and citrus and stuff like that. But that seemed kind of yeah. crazy. I guess, I guess I can, I can go first talking about, our week it's it's kind of a it's been a blur the past couple of weeks um last week <laughs> i started getting everything ready for our pig workshop that is this coming weekend actually while you are listening to this episode we were currently recording uh i will be elbow deep in a pig teaching a class um so Last, oh gosh, it was it was last week sometime. I went to Harbor Freight and bought a uh, engine hoist, one of those electric ones, 
and I hung that from my uh, my little gib crane I've got attached to the barn. And I tell you what, it's a game changer being able to, you know, it's a 2,000 pound uh, winch, so I can I can lift up good amount of weight. Um, and it's just been a lot of cleaning, a lot of getting everything ready. Uh, I think for the most part, we're ready. Uh, last week we did chickens. We did all of our meat birds. We put, uh, out of a hundred and fours, what we started with, we lost four of them to just, you know, they die when they're young. Sometimes that happens. Uh, and then one of them was a casualty that, I couldn't see him and I ran him over with the tractor when I was moving. But other than that, we had 99 meat birds that we uh, put in the freezer. Wow, so good. pretty good deal. We've never had awesome. that good of numbers. It was, it was pretty, pretty cool. Uh, and the average was like five pounds. So they were all real, even in size. Uh, I mean, it was just, it was perfect. Uh, we, uh, we found that we really, really like, growing the meat birds in the uh the fall because they're like i don't know they're all evenly feathered it seems like they eat more and pack on the the weight better uh usually in the past when we've done our spring batch their weights are all over some will be huge some will be small and it's just it's all over the place and then the batches in the fall seem like they're all pretty even so i don't know uh, i think we'd need to Get some more data, maybe build a spreadsheet to test that, but that's just what we've seen in the short term. Um, and you raised and then, red rangers? Yeah, these were uh, Murray's Big Red, I think is what they're called. They're they're a red ranger. Um, pretty good. They uh, they you know anybody who's ever done the Cornish Cross, they can be kind of disgusting. Uh, they just sit around in the poop and they don't move and they don't really grow feathers and they're just. I don't know. They're gross. You pick them up and they're just like wet. Like it's just, it's gross. doesn't matter how, if you put them on deep bedding or you move them three times a day, they're just gross. They don't care where they sit. Uh, these birds, they look like normal chickens. Like we're pretty happy with them. Uh, and then this past weekend, we wanted to do a test run of our system and just, you know, make sure there's no kinks before we have people over here. So, we actually have seven pigs that need to go in the freezer this fall. So we went ahead and did piggy number seven. So that'll leave two wow. per class. We're going to do a guinea hog versus a like heritage breed, uh, like feeder pig. Um, these feeder pigs we have are just a mutt. Um, I mean, they have some Duroc, some Hampshire, some Berkshire. There's an Amish guy that everybody gets their pigs from around here and it's whatever his bloodline is um but they they are really converting that feed into muscle they're getting huge uh, i'll be curious to see what they weigh um well anyways back to the pig we just did friday we got all set up um i waited until we were working towards the cool of the evening because i don't know if it's just here but we have those those stupid ground hornets everywhere and when we were doing chickens, these things swarmed everywhere. They were on anything that was meat. The whole time we're cutting chicken, these hornets are landing on the meat and eating it. Like, it was just miserable. So we waited until it started getting, like, into the cool of the night to uh, do this pig. Didn't have any 
any we call them meat bees didn't have any meat bees uh got him scalded and scraped ran ran through the whole system everything was like perfect and then that night i think it got down to 27 so it was nice and cold so we just after we were done scraping we split him and let the you know wash the carcass down and then we got to just let him hang outside i mean honestly that's colder than an ice chest full of ice 27 so then we came we got up saturday morning and the uh the carcass was pretty much frozen like it was it was pretty hard which is awesome and that was what i did saturday me and meg sat in here i cut up these two halves of this uh this guinea hog and we put meat in the freezer like it was really cool it was it's always really cool testing your system and we just did it with just our family like that's something that we haven't really done usually there's always at least one person outside of our family that comes over to help butcher and stuff like that. And so we did this pig, just our family, just me and the boys. And it was really cool. Like it's, it's really cool. You know, the boys are all old enough. They can really help. They, uh, they're pretty much, I mean, we, uh, the 14 year old and the two 16 year olds, I mean, those are might as well be men cause, uh, they can work like men. So it's, uh, it's pretty cool. I'll, I'll tell you guys about my boo-boo later uh, if we get to it. I made a huge boo-boo on Saturday. Do you piece out your chickens, Ben, or you just keep them whole in the freezer? Yeah, we piece them out. Um, there's no way we would have fit. It was over 400 pounds of chicken. Um, it's like 450 pounds of chicken that we put in the freezer. Um, wow. If we did whole birds, man, <laughs> where are we going to put that? That's a lot of space. Uh, we, I think we kept 12 whole, um, you know, you put them in the, the vacuum bags, the little shrink, heat shrink bags. Um, and then the rest, we just pieced them out. So I pieced out, you know, like yeah. 88 some odd birds or something like That's that. Cool. Really, uh, it's a really good way to condense your space. That's one of those things. I wish, I wish there'd been someone to teach me how to piece out a chicken, uh, at the, the very start of processing birds. Uh, cause after, after you've eaten like your umpteenth whole bird, you're kind of ready for maybe some grilled chicken breast or something like that. Yeah. It's, it's really nice having the, the bird broken down. I mean that many chickens, that's like you butchered two pigs in your freezer. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. pretty much. Or one really big pig. Yeah. Right. We did learn we are not going to do a hundred birds at a time. Um, I think we are going to actually do a spring batch and a fall batch. Uh, hundred birds is a long day. Like it is a long day. Um, we kind of had a pact that morning right before we started. Uh, me and Meg are like, we're going to be out there till nine o'clock tonight. And I told her, I was like, if it's lunchtime (laughs) and we have only done half the birds, we'll do the other half tomorrow. We'll just, let's not kill ourselves. And, I think we had all the birds over and done with in like two and a half hours. Uh, and then it was the cutting, the cutting up into parts and all the vacuum sealing. That's what kind of eats up the time. So, yeah. Yeah, it was it was pretty good. It's a good day. It's a chicken day is always an exhausting day because it's just it's long and monotonous. Yeah. Uh, I think what was funny, we did that Wednesday and then Friday we did the pig and it only took like an <laughs> hour to scald and scrape this pig. 
if that like it was over and done with so quick what helps is that you know you don't you don't film it <laughs> that yeah. helps you know make right that yeah it'll be longer longer day if you film it so oh, yeah now do you think you could heat shrink some of the bags of the chickens when they're all parted out would that save a lot of time versus doing the vacuum sealing i mean i suppose you could if you didn't have vacuum bags but you know anybody can boil water um I suppose you could. I mean, for yeah, sure, it'd probably be quicker. But, I mean, would it? Because, uh, like, you're supposed to put that, that straw in the bag. You put a zip tie around the straw, and mm. then you dip it. And once it shrinks, you pull the straw out. Like, I don't know if it's any faster than a good vacuum sealer or not. We uh, we bought the uh, Excalibur vacuum sealer, uh, like, right off the bat. It was, I think we used the little cheap Walmart vacuum sealer once and said never again. And uh, Meg yep. is pretty good of watching prices on stuff. And the Excalibur every now and then will have a 50% off sale. So she bought that vacuum sealer for half off. I mean, it was an expensive vacuum sealer, but man, I mean, it only takes a couple seconds to Should vacuum last. seal. Yeah. Has anybody tried the vacuum chambers that they came out with? I know like the big butchers have been using those for a while. They got kind of more of a backyard butcher setup now i've never used those if it's any quicker or what the deal is with them you could put in like three or four at a time oh really um i know uh polyface uses i i was there um filming and they were using it it's pretty neat yep um but they're they are they are expensive i think they're like maybe a thousand bucks or something yeah they're they're pretty pricey i've seen them recently i'm like wow I've seen a lot of people who have them. Like they must do something a lot better than the regular vacuum seals. We get the regular vacuum, but not the chamber. <clears throat> yeah, or we, yeah, we went to the butcher. My our beef, our one of our beefy boys. They did. They had one. They just put a bunch in there and just like boom, all at once. They just vacuum sealed. It was pretty hmm. neat. Interesting. And then probably it, really, it, you, if I had one, I'd put a uh, prank somebody by putting their keys in there or something. <laughs> <laughs> But I could see having something like that if you had a permanent, like like a legit setup. Yep. And that's the goal, have like a dedicated space for all your butchering. You you have one of those spaces, don't you, Al? Not yet, per se. We have a bunch of areas that we can set up pretty easily to use. Um, so the house we're living in right now, we call it the Harvest House, because someday if we build a cabin for us, the Harvest House will become our outdoor kitchen, and that'll be like just for all of our processing so we'll have all the room for that kind of stuff just to leave it set up but who knows if that day will ever come but that's kind of that's the way we built the harvest house so that way in the future we can use it that way it'll just be nice to be able to go in there and do all your canning do all your processing and just kind of have it have everything accessible and easy so what'd you do this week al we are working on a cold storage room in the workshop so we're going to put the freezers out there. We're gonna put uh, bulk food storage out there, so like we want like root crops and stuff like that. And the goal is is someday maybe to turn that into like a cool bot room if we want. So if we're processing pigs and it gets not cold enough out, like right now this this weird this year has been crazy. We sent the pigs to the butcher, which I hemmed in hard about because we want to start doing our pigs again, but we've been so busy. But we've had. I think three nights that it would have gotten cold enough to butcher the pigs and hang them outside where we could have cut the meat the next day and had it frozen. 
So I'm not sad that they went to the butcher for that part because we've had a lot of warm nights. So having a cold room will be nice for that. So yeah, building it for food storage and freezers, but hopefully someday we'll put like a cool bot in there. And then we want to do a root cellar. We found a nice bank to do a root cellar sometime. So that might be a next year project. How do you like your mobile cool room that you built with the. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I love it. It's man. I hope I can always have something like that. I mean, it's, it's so helpful. Like, right. I like that it's mobile too. Yeah. Because, that's awesome. Cause I can move it to the house. I mean, that's how we moved all of our, um, hanging, hanging beef that we had, you know, we just had it in there for two weeks and we moved it to the house and then put, pieced it all out. Um, so it, I mean, you know, it's small, so it would be nice to have something I could walk into. Right. It's more of a crawling, a crawling cooler, but, um, but it works. How cold will it get? Uh, it's about 31. Okay. Cold enough? Yeah. No, I love it. That's cool. And you put your meat birds in there afterwards when you're done. If you did a big batch of them. Yeah. 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 Don't have to buy so much ice. Right. Which helps in the summer. And then you can just uh, drive it up to the house and unload it at the house first. Yeah. I think eventually I'll probably build a walk-in one. Yeah. Will you do that in the house, you think, or in one of your outbuildings? I'm thinking in one of our horse stalls. Okay. Um, That's where we butcher down there. I've been keeping an eye out on the Facebook groups for the outside rated. Like, like a lot of the Dunkin' Donuts around here, they have like the outside rated cool rooms. They're all like stainless steel and it's got to be like two or four inches thick of foam. And, yes. and they have a roof unit. I'm like, if I can find one of those used, I'm going to, for a good price, I'm going to get one of those. And I'd love to set it up outside kind of thing and <clears throat> use that all the time. Because I was told you can get a mini split and you can hijack a mini split just like you can an air conditioner with a cool bot remote. I know really? somebody that, yeah, I know our, a business that's doing that. Hmm. I'd like to learn more about that. If you find a resource, let me know. Cause I love these mini splits. These things are, they're awesome. And if I could use one to make like a cold room like that, man, that's even better. That'd be awesome. I, I One of our friends works for a brewery and he did it for the brewery. So I can talk to him more about it. Well, that's what I wonder. You could probably call. I wonder if the Coolbot or the the Coolbot people will tell you because they, right. I mean, they are knowledgeable. They their customer service is really good. Yep. Like I've contacted them more than a few times to help <laughs> me out, and uh, they've been so helpful yep. on everything. I bet you they could tell you yes or no. I don't see why you couldn't though, because all you're doing is just making the computer think it's not as cold as what it really is. So I don't see why you couldn't do it for one. Yeah. I know they, I mean, I haven't looked on their website for a while, so, but I know they had like specific AC units that you could only use. Now, I don't know why that was. I don't know if the electronics in them were different or what, but yeah, I don't know. I'll ask my friend and I'll get back to you, Ben, and let you know if it was anything special or what do you have to do to get it done? Yeah, that'd be cool. I'll have to look into Coolbot's website, and they probably have resources. I mean, they're the pretty much the main name in town. So, yeah, that'd, that'd right. be cool to find out more about. Finally started my fence. 
Uh, I'm just doing a, a little section of it because it's really my practice practice run. I just want to like kind of do a little section, see how that goes, see how you know the corner H braces are, and um, I did I think I did two videos so far about it. I haven't stretched out the woven wire yet, um, so I think that's going to be my next thing. But um, I know one of my corners, I did it wrong. You know when you, when you start to get like a hundred comments on your video of the same uh -oh. thing. <laughs> They will let you know if you did it wrong. Well, actually, they'll they'll let you know if you did it if you did it right. They'll still let you know if you did it wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's but, that's the truth. And so, so I was like, well, it makes you question, you know, like, oh, well, maybe I did do it wrong. And I mean, actually, when I was editing the video, I was like, I I questioned myself because I was like, before I posted it, I was like, I think this is, I don't know if this is right. Uh, it's just a diagonal wire part. It needs to be a different direction um, that holds the H brace together. And then so I, I contacted uh, Mike. Um, I'm going to call Mike my fence mentor, uh, whether he knows <laughs> it or not. <laughs> no pressure, Mike. Because I texted him and I was... Yeah, because he's he's put up fences before, and he knows he knows fences. I mean, he's pretty knowledgeable. And I sent him a picture, and I was like, "Is this right?" And he's like, "No, it's wrong." So I got to do it over. Not a huge deal. I did it wrong, so I, I I'm learning, and uh, and I, I probably will always remember now what which way it goes. Yeah, after uh, several hundred comments telling you beating you up over it, you'll remember. <laughs> Yeah, I I would have I think I would have completed the fence. I have not done it yet, but um, but our well our well water was acting up. Um, one of the one of these nights, these last nights, uh, we had zero water coming from inside the house, Ooh. like not even low low pressure. It was just nothing, and I was like, what what the heck is that? So, um, there's a that's one thing. I didn't grow up on a well. <laughs> nope. You know, we grew up in the city water. So when something is wrong happens with your water, you call somebody up and the chance they're, they're not going to come out like that moment. Like that's an emergency. You know, that's going to be like a week, who knows, three weeks out <laughs> and they might come, they might not. And then like, I, first of all, I know nothing about our well. I know nothing about the well. Uh, as long as it's working, that's all I need to know. Uh, so this time, I feel like I, I need—I really need to learn it, and it's frustrating because I don't want to learn it, but I—it's important <laughs> <laughs> because I want to be the one to fix it. Like I should be able to fix it. Like you know, just general stuff. You know, I'm not—I'm probably not gonna dig a deep well or nothing by, by, by hand, but you know, like typical stuff, like the, um, pressure switch, you know, that's the first thing I checked and sure enough, the pressure switch that I had on the tank, it, I just like flicked it and it wasn't like, it wasn't like hitting, it wasn't like touching the points that it needed to, to turn on. And so as soon as I, I kind of like hit it, it, uh, it kicked on and the water 
filled up our pressure tank and we had water. Um, but ever since then, this happened like a couple of days ago, the water pressure has gone low. It hasn't completed. It wasn't like completely gone, but it's just kind of coming and going. So I'm like, so actually today, all day today, I was trying to figure out and, um, I, uh, got a new pressure switch, put that in. Now I'm thinking it's the tank, a pressure tank that I have. So I'm kind of going down the steps of trying to figure out this water, uh, and, put in the pressure switch, the tank, and from there, I might end up calling somebody. But uh, at least these things are are gonna be switched out. Do yeah. you have a filter anywhere? Yes, I do. Have you checked the filter? Is the filter yes. plugged? Okay, I know we've had that issue before. I was like, oh, it was my screen that was plugged. <laughs> and the, so that happened. Yeah, I never grew that... up in a well. So the first time that happened here, I was like, what? Yeah. So that happened uh, probably like in the springtime. The same thing happened. Yep. And I was like, I couldn't think of anything. I finally got a hold of a neighbor, knew somebody that kind of knew Wells, I guess they had a company. He came out and he basically just looked around and was like, do you have a filter? <laughs> I was <laughs> like, I didn't even think of that. And yep. sure enough, that that was it. I just had to clean the filter. You know, and he's like, okay, that's 75 bucks. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, that's he was like, I, I'm not going to touch your filter. Yeah. He's like, I don't touch filters, but he looked at my filter and was like, I think it's that. And I was like, and that, that's all he did. <laughs> did he notarize it for you while he was here? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like, I felt like, I felt like, I felt dumb. I was like, why didn't I think of that? Like. So ever since then, I'm like, man, I, I should know simple stuff like that. You know, like just general generic things to yep. check beforehand. Jason, you kind of just described like the lifelong struggle that it is to be a guy. Like, I should know this. Like, this is simple. <laughs> like, I know that, that's you just described yeah. life as a guy. Like, well, I'm not even a guy like anybody. <laughs> There's so many things. It's like, yeah. I should know this. Hey, that's what YouTube's for, right? <laughs> Find a video. Yeah, I've been going down the rabbit hole on, uh, well, first first it was fencing. Now it's uh, water pressure tanks on a well. So I've been trying to figure it out and learn some stuff. But it kind of drives me nuts sometimes because I'm like, it's it's not part of my plan right now this week. I wanted to do fencing. <laughs> it's my so fencing. I'm having to, yeah, I'm having to pivot because yep. uh, the water is pretty important. But but I hope it's I hope it's one of those things because you know we haven't had rain since forever and we're on a like a major uh, drought here, so I'm hoping we didn't just we're not just running out of water you know some other major thing. Now do you have a drilled well or is it an old dug well or? I don't think it's that old. I mean, the house was built in the '60s. Okay, that's so... right, drilled. Yeah, I don't think it was like hand dug or nothing. Yeah. Not a spring or nothing like that. I mean, we haven't been using because we've been using some of this rainwater. So it was not like we're using a ton of it. Uh, but even my rainwater systems are are running low. Yeah, <laughs> so. no kidding. Well, I guess I guess I could tell you about my boo-boo. It's kind of along the same lines. 
Saturday morning, the uh, <laughs> the feeder pigs had, I guess they ate the water nipple on their 55-gallon drum because I, I dug around in the mud. <laughs> I couldn't find that thing. So they were without water. Wow. So I, I went down there Saturday morning. You know, mind you, after I've hauled a pig up to the kitchen so I can begin cutting, it was like, well, I better take care of this water because I'm going to be inside all day. Uh, so I went and got a new nipple and screwed it onto the drum, had to get in there and dig out a flat spot. Cause you know, of course, once the drum is empty, then they, they can knock it over. Mm -hmm. So got in there, leveled out a spot, reset the drum, stuck the hose in it, started filling it up. And then I got sidetracked. Mind you, this is like nine o'clock in the morning, Saturday morning. Well, I got sidetracked and it was like, well, I got a pig to cut up, so I'm going to the kitchen. And it was like 5.30, 6 o'clock that evening. And I turned around to wash my hands in the kitchen. And I noticed that the water coming out, there was like no water pressure. And I was like, we're the only ones in the house. Because all the kids were out playing and doing stuff. And I was like, we're the only ones in the house. Are you running water somewhere? And then it clicked. It was like, oh, no. <laughs> so I go running out there to the pigs. I'm still like wearing my apron covered in pig fat. And it was just like I rounded the corner of the greenhouse and I could just see a lake. There is water. Their their entire pen flooded. Uh, the, you know, road on the other side of the pig pens was nothing but water. And the creek that has been dry for about six months was actively flowing. <laughs> yeah, it, that, that thing. And, and because it's at the very bottom of the property... Uh, that water flows real, real good downhill. So, yeah, it. Uh, I got it all shut off, and you know, I, I guess they decided they didn't like the, uh, the water drum. So that was knocked over again, and they were chewing on the hose as it's sitting there spraying water everywhere. Yeah. Wow. So, came back up to the house, got everything shut off, and we, when we run our well too, too long, we have a shallow well. Um, I think they call it a sandy bottom well. Uh, it's really not that deep, maybe 30, 40 feet. Um, and if you run, if you run your water too long, you're, uh, you get down to the very last little bit of water and you start sucking up mud. And so, yeah, all of our water, like in our, you know, the sink out there, the toilets, everything had murky water for about 24 hours until it recovered. But yeah, that was my boo-boo. It's kind of a terrifying time of year to uh, do that because like all of our, we have two springs on the property. They've been dry for weeks, like two months. So it's kind of a scary time. It's like, wow. well, the springs are drying up. Now is not the time to be for getting a hose and running your well dry. No, I've done that before too. What I, You know what I started doing? Like when we had our, when I filmed that the big uh, cow's trough with water, because it would take like 30 minutes to fill up. I would set my alarm on my phone for 30 minutes. So set it and then walk away. And I always yeah. forget, you know, my alarm's going off and I'm like, what, what is that? <laughs> That's usually what I do. Like, I can't believe I uh, like didn't set an alarm or anything. Like usually I set an alarm. Yeah. I, I, I was just preoccupied. Didn't think about it for, you know, <laughs> six yeah. hours. <laughs> right 
the pigs probably enjoyed the mud hole. Oh, those were some happy pigs. They uh, they just when I went down there, they're just like, we had entertainment today. It was a great day. They sense it. They sense it, Ben. Their days are numbered. <laughs> How big do you think the feeders are? I was looking at them, you know, yesterday. Um, yeah, that guinea hog we did Friday was 147 pounds. So technically, that's not even big enough to be called a hog. A hog has to be 160 pounds oh. or bigger. So technically, they were. Uh, he was still. Uh, what would that be? A, like a weaned pig? A piglet? A suckling pig? Like, he was tiny. I think he was 15 months. Um, so he was almost a year and a half. So, a little bit early. But uh, yep. I, I figured, uh, just looking at him, it wasn't until I was loading him in the tractor to bring him over to process him. It was like, he's pretty small. Like, he's kind of really small. And then, you know, weighing him, he wasn't even a, wasn't even a buck 50. Um, but those big pigs, I think one of them, I don't know. I don't, I don't think we have any three fifties. Uh, one of them's pretty big. I, I'm going to say, I guess I'm placing my bets now. I think one of them is going to be around like three thirty, three forty. One of them is going to be around three. And then they're the smallest out of the three. He's actually got some sort of birth defect to where his snoop is all messed up. Looks like he's like making this crooked face. Um, he's got a real bad underbite. I think he's smaller because he can't eat as good as they can. Um, he'll yeah. probably, we'll do him last, give him a little bit more time to grow, you know, until January. Um, I'd put him probably around a 250. So we won't know. We'll, uh, we'll have to write it, write it down, write my predictions down. So you're doing one this weekend. When's your next workshop? Is it December and then one in January? Is that what you're doing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 10th and 11th. So that's this weekend. Um, when's our December class? Do you know the date? Meg, Meg's sitting over there. Um, it's like the second or third. It's, I think it's the first weekend or something like that. You're going to be doing them all on a Friday and a Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, I don't know. I, I try to keep my Sundays, uh, sacred. Um, and yep. it was like, you know what, let's try Friday, Saturday. That way we still have Sunday, you know, to decompress and stuff like that. And, you know, honestly, oh, yeah. give people a chance who are traveling to, you know, get home and hopefully have some downtime. So, right. yeah, uh, we thought about doing a three-day workshop, kind of like the hand-hewn class, but three days is kind of a push. Uh, this is more of just a homestead butchery, how to harvest a pig. I don't know. This is more of like a how we do it, how we feed our family kind of class. I had that guy from uh, that workshop I did when I raffled off. We built that um, um, chicken coop, and the guy came this week who won it to pick it pick it up. So he drove another seven hours back. What? Wow! Yeah. That was the way that the guy. Who... I think they were in uh, Virginia. Rented a U-Haul trailer and uh came picked it picked it up so that's quite a drive and it was great it was like yeah I mean, but like they only have i think they said they're maybe on an acre so it's not like they could he's like we don't really have space to move it around but uh but they could still use it so which is which is cool 
Yeah, they must have been excited cool. for it if they drove seven hours to come get it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Maybe next time I'll do a smaller coupe. It's kind of big. <laughs> it's kind of big. <laughs> right. When you put it in a trailer, it is. Yeah, they have to, yeah, it has to be a big enough trailer. They can't just put it in the back of their truck. Now, do you know where the people are coming from, Ben, that are coming to the class? Not yet. Um, I have names. Um, there's uh, there's a couple that are coming to this this coming class uh, that were at our hand-hewn workshop last year. Um, but outside of that, uh, I'd have to look at the list. But um, on the tickets, I don't think it says where they're from. So I'll be curious. I want to see how far people are traveling. Uh, this is it, it's always fun to see right. who's uh who's willing to travel across the country to learn how to process an animal now the next two classes sold out or do you still have some spots left in december and january's class there's only one spot left in december um, we have a lot of couples and so i think that's why there's yep. just that one spot remaining but yeah it, we pretty much sold everything that we were going to sell immediately and it's just kind of stalled out. So I don't, you know, it's like the time of year is kind of hard with Christmas and Thanksgiving and all that. Um, it's like already the busiest travel time of the year. Um, so I think January is easier for people. Uh, but yep. I mean, Hey, it's the right time of year to do this kind of work. Use a, use nature's freezer right, to is. your advantage. You're going to have a lot of pork. You're going to have to get your smoker fired up. Start doing some barbecuing. And I need to. I used to smoke yeah. stuff every weekend I had off. Like, if I knew I had, like, a a Sunday off for sure, it was like, oh, you better believe we're smoking something, either a brisket or a shoulder <laughs> or ribs or something. Uh, when, you, when you're butchering your own meat uh, and you're doing, like, one or two pigs – it really puts in perspective the decadence that we experience in this country. Um, you know, you go to the store and you buy, you know, five, six, seven, eight racks of ribs because you're having a party and you want to do a whole bunch of ribs. Well, when you're processing your own animals, if you do two pigs, you've got four racks of ribs. You know, like that's all you got. Um, and so, yeah, it. I, I think that that has been something that's been really eye-opening is getting here and it's like, oh, yeah, there's only two shoulders per pig. There's, you know, there's two hams. <laughs> there's some bacon. There's a loin, two loins. And then, you know, like you go down the list and it's like, well, I want this and I want this, but I also want grind. And all of a sudden it's like, well, I guess we're grinding a shoulder. Yeah, it's it's just all the stuff. Uh, this is this is kind of why I'm I'm excited about our classes. I get to explain this and explain my thought process. It's like when uh, you uh, take an animal to the processor, if you don't know any better, you're like, yeah, you let me get both shoulders, both hams, and you know, sixty pounds of grind. That's not physically possible. <laughs> it is an eye opener. Once you start processing your animals, it's like, oh yeah. That's all I get. Or like you said, you only get two racks of ribs. And if you want to do something, you kind of look at it in a new light, I think. Cause yeah. Yeah. You don't. Yeah. If you, if you don't know, I mean, if you don't know, it's like, yeah, this looks great. Mm -hmm. You know, like you're like, Oh, this is, this is cool. Like I got all this meat, but 
Is it is it correct? I don't know, because I've never seen it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, before I get before I forget, Al, I did try your dark roast coffee. You did. What you think? It's good. I like it. I love it. Cool. Yeah. No, I like you it. Just now Have tried you it. Selling that yet? Yeah, we sold it. Well, this week I tried it. Yeah. Yeah, we sold it. Are you already done with it? <laughs> Man, I polished that stuff off in the first week. It's it. good. <laughs> did you? <laughs> yeah. I'll have to send you some Christmas presents though. It's yeah. good, man. We got we did two batches of it so far. We're gonna do one in November, then one in December. Are there any special cuts you're gonna do differently when you have since you're having so many different pigs that you're gonna be butchering? Are you like, okay, now I can do this or do that for smoking or kind of thing? So actually something that's kind of fun, uh, you don't see it very often. Um you have to have a really big pig to uh pull it off, but when anytime I've ever processed a pig with someone else, the first thing they do, they take the, uh, the leaf lard out and then immediately peel out the tenderloin, you know, on yep. this pig, we, we, uh, just processed, you know, 147 pounds, this tenderloin, uh, it was like the size of a hot dog. Like it was tiny. Well, rather than <laughs> right. peel it out, it was like, why don't I do something fun? So out of this pig, just to try it, I did bone-in T-bone steaks, like bone-in pork chops. And so, you know, to get that, you leave your tenderloin attached to the spine. And then when you cut it all up, there's your T-bone. Well, I'm like a, a cow or something like that. You know, it's a lot bigger. Well, sure enough, like they look like teeny tiny little T-bones that, you know, they were that big. Uh, we had T-bone steak. I think it was Saturday night and, uh, or pork chops. I'm sorry. We had pork chops and I had to eat three of them to make a, make a meal. And it's like, we just ate the entire, like entire loin of, you know, one side for one meal. So yeah, to answer that question. Yeah. There's, there's some cuts I'm, I'm going to do since we've got six pigs coming. It's like, all right, like I can do some right. T-bones. I can do some. You know, we like to take our loins and open them up, butterfly them, and then you stuff them full of cheese and mushrooms and garlic and stuff like that, and then, you know, tie them back up and cook them that way. So, yeah, there's all sorts of stuff that I'm looking forward to playing around with. Making prosciuttos. I think we'll wind up with three prosciuttos this year. Uh, I don't think the guinea hogs will be big enough to yeah. make prosciuttos out of. But, yeah, yeah, it's there's all sorts of stuff. It's like do a copa here and a lonesa there. It's kind of it's fun. It's fun being able to be fun. do all this stuff. How are your solar panels doing, Al? The ones you just put in, are they, are they done? They are all up and done. The solar system's installed and they're doing good. We were able to. I think it took two days to fill the batteries because the batteries they were like thirty something percent, and we didn't have much sun. So if we would have had good sun the first day, we got it all hooked up. It would have been charged, but I think it took like two, two and a half days to charge all the batteries up. And we have 81 kilowatts of power. So what's that? 81,000 watts of power in the battery. So it's nice to have that. We've been running an electric heater in the shop because we're not using much power right now in the workshop. So we have just lights and then it's chilly. I'll put the electric heater on, which is kind of fun because you're able to heat your workshop. We, it's a big workshop. We just have a little heater, but we're able to heat somewhat of it. 
with yeah. the electric heat that's free so that's kind of fun like a space heater or something bigger nah, it's just a little space heater that's all we have i want to get a mini split and heat and air conditioning with the mini split at some point but that'll probably be a summertime project the mini split we got to get i gotta do the radiant heat at some point how are you how are you, you gonna to do that to what do you use to do the radiant heating like a dedicated water heater or boiler or what do you do yeah so I'm going to, so for our house, we have our outdoor wood boiler for the workshop. We're going to do, we're going to try an on-demand hot water heater. That's propane and see how much propane that uses. We'll try it for one winter. If it uses a bunch of propane, then I'll say, uh, nope. And we'll get a outdoor wood boiler again. I'm kind of curious to see how much propane it'll use to heat. It's just going to be on an on-demand hot water heater. So we'll put just enough water in the lines and then just enough water in the hot water heater and it'll just keep going so the it'll go through a heat exchange and just kind of through convection warm up the floor heat or the floor water versus the what's in the hot water heater so that that solar can will power up all your tools too oh yeah yep that'll do all the tools that'll do we so i'm trying to think the first day i should say the first day but once i got done hooking up all the wiring up all the outlets i had right ran i'm like i gotta get the welder out and i gotta try doing some welding because i'm like you know i, I saw planned that. in my head the inverters and, the inverters and stuff being big enough to run the welder but it's like you don't know until you try so we got that out and i didn't i didn't have anything to weld and the shop's not set up for welding but i'm like i gotta try it so i did <laughs> but so looking forward to doing nice. some more more stuff like that that's cool that's cool yeah you actually answered a question I've had because we've talked about um, we need a pole for our barn, technically. Um, the way the power was run when we got here is just it's honestly an accident waiting to happen. Um, and so we need it on its own meter, which would be a pole. And I don't necessarily yep. want to do that. And we've talked about, you know, could we get a solar system and just have the barn be its own thing off grid unhooked? And that was a question I had. It's like, well, I don't know if a solar system is going to run a welder. And then I saw you do that the other day and I was like, well, there's my answer. The house we have, everything in the house is electric. So we have an electric dryer. We have an electric stove and oven, refrigerators, freezers. And just to kind of see like, you don't know until you do it. And I don't know many, too many people who have, I'm not saying there isn't, but I just haven't talked to anybody. So it's like, I want to try it. I don't know if an electric oven and stovetop is the right thing to do in a solar house, but can you do it? You know what I mean? Kind of thing. It's like, let's put everything to the test and see what yeah. happens. And so far it works really well. We can run the dryer at the same time as we run the oven. You know, we haven't had any issues. Yeah. That's so neat. Don't those, don't those big appliances just drain your batteries or are they not that bad? Oh, they do. But if the sun's out, so like we'll keep an eye on it. So today we're like, oh, sun's out. So let's do, well, we can run the wash whenever. So like, we'll be like, okay, we think it's going to be, maybe it'll be sunny. Maybe it won't. We'll be like, we'll do the wash because the wash machine doesn't use much electricity. Worst case scenario, we hang the wash, the wash clothes yep. on our clothes rack in the house. But it's like, oh, the sun's out, throw it in the dryer. You know, and then we'll just run the dryer or whatever. <clears throat> hmm. But yeah, the dryer will take like seven to nine kilowatts of power. 
when it's running, but it only runs for a half hour, the dryer we have. So, man, I got to give me a dryer like that. Our dryer, it cycles for an hour and a half and it's still not done. Really? The one we have runs yeah. for 40 minutes and it's done. We've had it for a while. And I think it uses like a, like the main pot of power for like 20 minutes to a half an hour. Man. Yeah. What brand is it? I think it's a Whirlpool. I'll have to take a picture of it when I get to the house and I'll text it to you. No we've kidding. had it for, I think we've had it for since like 2015 or maybe before no that. So it's not anything like super new. Now we're talking about, first we're talking about wells. Now we're talking about doing laundry. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, this is homestead life. From pigs to laundry. It is. <laughs> I'm excited for your classes. Like, are you going to be doing any filming at all or doing anything? with like? I'm just curious about the side-by-side. -side. I can't wait till we have our next podcast and talking to you about butchering your feeders and then your other pigs side-by-side -side and seeing how everything is. So we actually are kind of hiring our neighbor to uh, film for us. Um, she... She's cool. interested in learning this stuff and she kind of wanted to come, but then she offered, she's like, Hey, since you guys don't really film when you do stuff like this, she's like, I could film for you. That way I get to see it and, you know, help you guys out. And it was like, that works out perfect. And so uh, she came over and she helped us uh, do our meat birds. First time she's <laughs> ever killed anything. And uh, she did all right. Yep. And so, you know, working with her a little bit that day is like, okay, she'll be just fine while we're doing a pig. I can tell her what shots, you know, hey, make sure you get these shots and I'll make sure I like give you a nod before I start talking so you can turn the camera on and I think it'll work out fine. It's hard to, I guess, like tell a story on camera while, you know, being present and talking to real people in person. Um, I'm not very good at either of them, but I'll do my best. Yeah. Maybe since you have somebody else filming for you, maybe it'll be kind of be more like from the perspective of somebody taking the class, you know what I mean? Cause you're not going to yep. have to worry about the camera. So you won't be, so if she does it, I don't, I don't want to say if she does it right, but if she films it as like, she's taking the class, it might just come across as the viewer whoever's watching it is just an participant of the class, which would be cool. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. I I think the whole thing is gonna be a blast. Um, you know, this this first class is gonna be like the kind of like the even though we just did a demo run this weekend, this is like the demo run and then I'm sure by January I'm it it's gonna be like a well oiled machine. We're gonna be like, oh yeah, no problem. Right. When are you doing the cow? Uh, we're going to do him in the that middle in of, uh, December, middle of next month. Yeah. I, uh, I think we're doing him around like the 15th or something like that. Um, I know the way it works out. I think we're, <laughs> Hey Jason, I'm going to need to borrow your trailer, uh, middle of December until, uh, <laughs> January. Um, we're, uh, we're going to process, we're going to process him and then, basically hanging for i think two weeks and then we have it planned the week okay. from christmas to new year's that week uh that's when we're gonna uh processing so yeah tis the season well what do you think guys so, that's, that's pretty good for not having a topic yeah 
It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so uh one more and we'll be one more podcast and we'll be in the top one percent of podcasts out there. <laughs> there you go. We Which can do it. Cool. Yeah. So uh thank you everyone. Uh thank you everyone for, for listening to this podcast and watching and you know, if you have not subscribed to our YouTube channel and what what, what would you guys I mean I've had people comment, I've seen the comments that they say, uh, what would we rather have them listen or, or watch? Like listen to the podcast on like say iTunes or Spotify or listen to the podcast on the YouTube channel. Honestly, we don't, we don't get paid by the podcast alone, but well, we do if you watch the channel. Kind of, kind of where I'm at with it. Um, you know, first off, like, listen wherever it's convenient um but realistically like you can comment on youtube um it's you've got the video if you want to watch it uh you can't really comment on any of the other platforms so youtube is probably the most interactive space if you're wanting to comment and do stuff like that but i mean for that matter if you're listening on like apple podcasts and you really feel the need to comment hop over to youtube find that episode and leave a comment like it's just that easy trying to listen to something when you're driving listen to it wherever if you have a chance you can watch the video then watch the video it's it's nice because they can leave comments we can get feedback that way for sure yeah that's why i put it on uh both platforms yeah because some people want to listen to it driving i understand you know i listen to a lot of podcasts too so uh, and it's just easier than to flip it on a YouTube video and listen that way. So, but some people like they're at their house in the morning, drinking coffee, drinking some of Alice coffee and they're <laughs> watching the YouTube channel. <laughs> That's great too. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I appreciate everyone uh, listening and watching wherever you're at. And, uh, thank you guys. And I hope everyone has an awesome week and we'll see you guys next week. Have a good week. Later. <laughs>